G'day Footyology listeners, Roko here. Enjoy our podcast? Well, you can become an official Footyology podcast supporter simply by using the supporter feature through ACAST. There's no subscription or regular commitment, just the sheer satisfaction that comes with knowing you've kept the debt collectors from our door. No, just kidding. It does help though. If you want to get started, you just need to follow the support this show link in the show description. Thanks again. And now let's get on with it. G'day, I'm Rowan Connolly. I'm Mark Fine. We are here to dissect an intriguing round six of AFL football. How are you, Fine? I'm, I've enjoyed watching some great games. Good teams are good. Confirmed you, this round. Well, I'm wondering if we're starting to get some, uh, some of the separation factor between the, uh, the wheat and the chaff. What Not we, looking good for the chaff. What we know is that Richmond's methodology is... Almost foolproof at the MCG, which makes them clear favourites. 12 on the trot at the G for them. We know that West Coast are maybe unsurprisingly having an on year. Mm. They tend to have on and off years, but they look on. Surprise, mate. And we know that Sydney are made of pretty stern stuff. Mm. Collingwood lose no fans. And Port Adelaide regain some respect after a disappointing couple of weeks. I noticed you didn't mention Essendon in any of that. I'm leaving the Essendon talk to you because they are so far off it at the moment, but you know that only too well. Yes, there's been a rather rapid demise, it's fair to say, in game terms since uh, the last few rounds last year. We will get on to that in detail right now as we do the wraparound. Okay, three feature games. We'll spend a bit more time on them. We won't ignore the rest. I wanted to start, finally, with what I thought was probably the result of the round. Not necessarily a game of the round, although it was a great game to watch too. Sydney's win down at GMHBA Stadium. Swan's third win in a row at the Cattery. Phenomenal. And uh, a phenomenal last quarter because I'll put my hand up. I thought they were gone. 22 Points down, it didn't seem capable of finding something. And did they find something? Seven goal last quarter. This is not the first time in Lance Franklin's career, and this is counterintuitive, that this brilliant match-winning footballer's absence, in fact, is not a negative for the team he plays for. Hawthorne certainly had periods, including the period after he went to Sydney, where they flourished. Sydney, obviously did not have a beacon up forward to go to. Mm. It made their selections heading into 50 varied and probably lifted their eyes more going into 50. There was some high ball that uh, was well scouted by the likes of Papley in the first game of Ronk, but they also hit up different players and if they can integrate that intelligent football into taking advantage of Buddy's brilliance, then they are going to be, again, a force to be reckoned with. Well, they started, uh, I, I took some notes, they, they started with Parker, Rowan and Heaney, effectively, as, as their tall forwards. Um, and it really threw the cats out. They were great in that first quarter. Probably could have been further in front than they were, 4-6. You know, they wasted a couple of chances. 
But it did seem to throw the cats off guard a bit, doesn't it? Uh, not it? Didn't it? They're missing um, their defensive tools, but it probably didn't hurt them in the sense that the matchups wouldn't have suited them anyway. No, Henderson and Taylor were not required for that forward line. What was required was uh, busyness at the drop of the ball, and I think Geelong were not caught out in that regards. The fact is that there were just too many inside 50s. They got bombarded, especially in the second half of the first quarter, but this matter was addressed. It seemed to all come on the back of Callum Sinclair utterly dominating mm. Reese Stanley. Yeah. Reese Stanley got a foothold in the second quarter, and by half time, Geelong were in front. Yeah. Uh, Sinclair, he's really. I reckon there's a bit of a view out there that he was a little bit softish. I reckon he's, he's proven terrifically resilient this Go- year. He's a goal kicker. It all started last year against Sydney at the SCG when he came in, uh, I think, for like the draw of Tippett. And you said against Sydney. Against St Kilda, sorry, yeah. at the SCG. And he kicked five goals that night, mm. playing up forward, but he just marked well, and he's marked well ever since. He rucks well. Yeah. No, he's very good. Is he the best uh, goal kicker of the ruckman going around at the moment? Look, it appears so. Yeah, yeah I reckon he is. There's mythologies about some ruckman's ability to kick goals, um, but... Like Matthew Creason was often touted as a potential forward, but that never yeah. came to fruition. One thing I love about the Swans is whenever they put a young bloke in the side, hardly ever does he look out of place. And I thought Ronky was great. He, he gave they called him Ronk. Yeah, was it Ronky or Ronk? It looks like Ronky. Well, but well that means we should call Dane Rampy Ramp. It's, anyway, it's all in. The, it's all up to the family. But he was funny. He wasn't chonky or wonky. Was, w- was he? he was good. Um, Ollie Florent continues to flourish. Oh, he's a beautiful kick too, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and, and Haywood. Haywood. That, that was the other one that escaped me. Um, but every time they, they they know how to pick them, they know how to develop them, they know how to play them at the right time, and they always, or nine times out of ten, look comfortable. But that last quarter, we'll talk about Josh Kennedy in some detail later. But that was one of the great individual last quarters from him, I thought, to help get them over the line. And then uh, Robbie Fox, he bobbed up and kicked two guys in the last yeah, quarter. Yeah, There's great, another one. It? He's a bit older, of course. Yep. Um, but they're going great guns. And, you know, they are my... Um, I, I did a match report on this game. and I, Back in the 80s, Peter McKenna used to love the phrase, you can't ride Hawthorne off. Well, Sydney, uh, this decade's or this millennium's version of Hawthorne. It doesn't matter what the situation, whether it's in the course of a season, they were 0-6 and six last year, won, what, 15 of their last 18, down 22 points, three-quarter time at Geelong, get up a win, without Franklin, without Hanterbury, you cannot write them off, ever. They're heading towards their 15th final in 16 years. It's amazing. Look, just quickly on Geelong, Dangerfield was uh, used as a forward for the first part of the game. But Sydney were on top, so he went to the midfield. But his influence was quelled. Yeah, it was. They, I thought um, Murdoch, who's been a bit of a disappointment at times, I thought he played well. Yeah. They're young players. There's some talent there. They've got others that don't seem... Radagula's very good. Henry looked out of, out of depth. So there are... Cunico may be a little out of his depth. Yeah, I'm a bit. I'm not sorry on him. Here's yeah. their casualty list at the moment: Ablett, Cockatoo, Cam Guthrie, Henderson, McCarthy, Menzel, Parfit, Scott, Selwood, Taylor. It's pretty comprehensive. You, you know, any side's going to struggle. You know what? That many. Taylor's coming to the end of his career. Yeah, we've had this discussion. I'm saying, but you know, some of these players, Ablett, they knew was going to be an injury worry. Yeah. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. There are there. There is an element amongst that of. 
are we surprised? No, well, among some of them. Yeah, I, I've had them seventh on my ladder, so yeah. you know, jury's out. Okay, and, and just quickly on Haywood. Yeah, how good of a footballer is he? So he... you've always got to just quickly. Yeah, go on. Okay, but I this just made a good it slower. One. That's right. He's a brilliant talent, and he's never killed his mother or been up his legless sister. Uh, um, uh, the club. The. Well, he was Haywood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I, I think that joke needs explaining for our younger audience. Let's move on to game two on Sunday and uh, it was a big test for two clubs coming off two really disappointing losses or in one club's case two really disappointing losses and one club passed this test uh, reasonably confidently I think and the other club flunked it big time and the club that passed was Melbourne and they ended up smashing Essendon, frankly, in a game that was almost a carbon copy of the game between these two teams last year. Woeful first half, Finey. Skills just not visible at all. Essendon leading narrowly. Demons come out in the third quarter and blow them to the Scheisenhausen with seven goals to one. Um, strolling from a centre square virtually unimpeded at times. Dynamic looking forward set up with the likes of Fritsch. Uh, very prominent. Hannon, who I really like as a player, prominent. This. Uh, uh Yeah, got one back against his old side, as did Michael Hibbert. Um, this all happened with Jesse Hogan off the ground injured. So they, they've got forward options, and this is one of the reasons I like them pre season and put them forth on my ladder. They, they they're not all the way back yet. Their midfield, um, yeah, still a bit of work to do there, but. Gee, Max Gorn turned it on today. He absolutely well, destroyed that, Matthew Lewenberger. This is not the first time Max Gorn has gripped a game and just wrenched it from opposition hands. And I really believe he just won them the game today. He famously first did it in a, in a famous win of Melbourne had at, Down at Geelong. Skilled Stadium yeah. at the time. He did it in an important game in 2017, round one against St Kilda. Yeah. St Kilda were five goals up early in that game. And Eddie game. had also. And yep. Eddie had. Melbourne hadn't beaten St Kilda for a long time. Correct. Eddie had was a curse. Yep. These were the two up-and-coming teams. Yep. And he just ripped the heart out of the game. Yep. And he did it again today. He just destroyed it. To a more experienced Ruckman in terms of years, anyway, in Matthew Lewenberger. Yep, so, yep. And I've, I, don't, I don't know why. I've got a theory that the centre bounce clearances seem to be more important at Eddie Head than other they grounds. Are, they are, because well, you are a good clearance. You seem to be stepping into a scoring opportunity yep, from, with either one a, possession. from either a pass or that possession. Well, here's, here's the uh, tale of the tape there. Centre bounce clearances, 16-4 to mm. Melbourne. So... Um, I, I, they're part of the way back, the Demons, and they certainly, it was a good um, restoration of faith, I think. We know that when they're up and running and confident, they can play some seriously good footy. Lever was very good. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He's coming to the party. Um, Salem, I think, is having a pretty good season. Um, and uh, good to see Tom McDonald back too, and he played his part, I thought. He yeah. thought he was... All right, uh, I'm going to do a bit of a hatchet job on the Bombers. Yeah, yeah. what's going on there? Well, they've gone backwards. They have gone backwards. They they recruited uh, Stringer, Sard and Smith. Smith, right now, if he's not leading the best and fairest, is probably coming second. He's been great. Stringer, the last two weeks, has had, no a, problem. Has had a crack. Um, Sard, yeah, a bit iffy today, made some, made some errors, but I think he's had a crack. So... Basically, I think you can't help but point the finger at the established so-called leaders of this club. 
Dyson Heppel, David Zaharakis, disappointed. Well, he had a lot of the ball, Zaharakis, but he kicked it around the body. No impact. No impact. Um, I think uh, Anthony uh, Tipperwoody has been struggling. I thought he's better today. Um, Look, Hurley's been all right. Yeah, no, I thought Hurley... Hurley cost some... His performance declined as Essence Fortunes declined. Hooker didn't offer much. Uh, He's struggling by his standards. Um, So does he perish? He's unsighted almost. Yeah, he's unsighted, but he's starting to go backwards. McGraw was okay today. He's not where he was last year. This is the worry, Finey. You know what? I I know we've got to wind up on this game. How's this for a stat? How's this for a stat? Essendon, on their list, right, have eight blokes who at one point were top ten draft selections. Mm. Does that surprise you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, okay, well, I'll tell you they are. McGrath, Parrish, Joe Danaher, Heppel, Hurley, Myers, Stringer, Goddard. Yeah. Okay, so Goddard's coming towards the end. Yeah. Uh, Myers... Stringer's, you didn't get Stringer as a top draft pick. Though. No, you know, no, but, a, but that's what he was. That's a happenstance. But still, you know, they this is a side drastically underperforming to the capabilities of that list. I think there's some issues with the sort of footy they're trying to play. They started the season trying to play quick footy. Warsfold said after the Freo game, we're trying to play too quickly. They then overcorrected. And since then, with the exception of the Port game, they have stunk it up. For the second game in four days on Sunday, they chipped it around the half-back line, inevitably turned it over. Melbourne must have got half a dozen goals from defensive 50 turnovers. It was crap, isn't it? It was crap. And you're in a, tell, a hell of a hole. How many players in that team have, from the start of the year, met or exceeded expectations? uh, Devin Smith, we've got. He's met them. Um, I reckon Hooker's met them. Yeah, I don't. Oh, but they moved him back. I think he's done, you know. Uh, I like like him back. Hurley. Hurley and Smith, to me, would Cornello the BNF right now, and I can't even think of who'd be third, but they'd be absolutely miles off the pace. Really, really disappointing Bombers and yeah. a tough month coming how, how up. How did Laverde look to you? Oh, he was okay. okay. Yeah, he showed some signs. Yeah, but, I, I, know, like, I like Laverde. He, he's not going to, he's not going to make or break Beat that side. No. Yeah. All right. Enough on that game. Let's move on. I could talk about it for another hour, but I've got steam coming out my ears. Uh, okay, th- this was an important game too in terms of how good are Collingwood, Pies and Richmond at the MCG today. Big a great game. Yeah, big crowd. Two willing sides. Heaps of pressure. Um, gee, it was a step up from that Essendon Melbourne game. Um, but the Tigers, you know, they did it again. They sort of put the squeeze on for a while and then they just went bang. It's like a cat playing with a mouse almost. Eight goals, three in the last quarter to the Pies, three goals, one. Ended up winning the game by uh, 43 points. How do you see it? It is now Richmond's modus operandi and we shouldn't be surprised by it because they did it three times in the finals last year. Look, their finals campaign last year is underrated for its perfection in execution. Apply enormous amount of pressure into the third quarter of a game of football. If the opposition can meet that pressure, and there doesn't need to be much scoring from the Tigers as long as it matches what the opposition provide as well. So the scoreboard doesn't need to show domination. But apply pressure, make it hard to move the ball around the MCG, make every contest willing. And most teams in that situation would think we're in for the fight. Mm. What they are incapable of is then matching 
Ritvans gear up into scoring mode. And it normally comes with Dustin Martin inserting himself into the game and playing schoolyard football where he grabs the ball and either scores himself or punishingly kicks it into the forward line for a score from somebody else. Mm. His teammates know it is about to happen. The fast forwards that have been applying so much pressure for two and a half quarters should never be underestimated for their ability to hit the scoreboard. And they go from frenetic chases to dangerous forward options. Well, I, I oh, think, it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, and I, I think there's um, has there been enough differentiation made between the types, the, the Terriers that are Butler and Castagna, and the bigger frame players are, are like Caddy, Graham, Townsend. Because I, I think there is an important distinction. Caddy can actually offer them almost the profile of a key forward target. He's albeit. vital for them. Yeah. He's, so, a, he's a forward. Yeah, and he marks. Yeah, and, um, and after all that grueling one-on-one desperate play, isn't it nice to have a solid body that can take a grab and kick a goal? I wonder, you know, you, you go. I wonder how Gold Coast and Geelong feel about how Caddy's going now because they would have been aware that he could do this. Why didn't he do it for them? Because they wanted him as a midfield extractor. In the yeah. case of Geelong. He never got his hands on the ball because Selwood and then Dangerfield was there. Mm. Once Dangerfield arrived, you know, Caddy had one three-vote game for Geelong. Yeah. It was against Collingwood when Selwood and Dangerfield weren't playing. We kicked it. Um, he played a pretty big game for them. Was it in the 2013 preliminary final that they lost to Hawthorne? He played some He played some good games for them on big occasions. You but know? they use him as a, a, a midfielder. Yeah. And, he, and his tank doesn't match his... Yeah. No, he, he, his, his tank doesn't match up to that. So they—he's in the perfect role now. Yeah, there's perfect, no doubt. Perfect. So I mean, yeah. Look, they are. There's a reason I said I reckon they are now. There's a definite gap between them and the rest of the competition. I think they're they're so reliable now. Collingwood were not bad. Okay, so where, where does this lead the pies? Oh, it leads them in good stead. They had a couple of players injured. Mm. They you know, another player, Flynn. What's his name? Flynn Anderson or Flynn? Uh, I've just had a blank. He was number 31. Yeah. He was. he was good. He was quite calm. Huckleberry? <laughs> he, was ca- he was calm in the crisis. But he was good. Appleby. Uh, Flynn, Flynn Appleby. Appleby. You're right. He does sound like a, a Mark Twain character, doesn't yeah. he? Flynn Appleson. <laughs> uh, Steve, he, Stevenson's. He would have been Huck and Tom's would, nemesis. Stevenson kicked a beautiful long set shot goal in the last quarter. He's, yeah. he's no flesh in the pan. He's yeah. sustainable. Dugowie. There's plenty to like about... A developing Phillips, did you mention Phillips? You know what? I, I, he had an admirable game. He was blitzing them till three-quarter time. Mm. But he's just not reliable in his disposal. Mm. I, was a few for the I think. Tra- tra- yeah, I mean, Trelaw had 40-odd. Again, not all his kicks perfect, but kick one of the nicest goals you'll ever see. I just feel like with the Pies, they've taken, they've taken um, I was going to say taken the foot off the handbrake, but they've taken the handbrake off and they're back to playing that faster footy, which I thought made them da- look dangerous three years ago. Isn't it funny? The, yeah, it'd be good to talk to someone like Bucks honestly about how this happens because it's all, sometimes it's almost like coaches coach over coach. And they sort of uh, inhibit the instinct yeah, yeah, of the they players do. Of course too they much. Do. Well, I, I reckon that happened a bit with the pies. No so, surprise, you've, your car does not have a single undented panel if you release your handbrake with your feet. Yeah, yeah. 
I thought you were talking specifically. I've actually got a new car and it's in pretty yeah? good nick. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. No grass growing up? No, no grass growing out of the boot anymore. I'm looking after it. It's a uh, 2013 Commodore, of course. Yes, yeah, But it's, uh, for me, it's, uh, it's a luxury car. I'm not, I'm not big on car maintenance. All right, uh, there are our three did, feature just games. On cars. Yeah, here we go. Just quickly. Did your parents drive a Trabant? Well, in fact, my father never drove. My mum didn't get her license until she was in her mid 30s. So we didn't have a car until I was about 13. And she, uh, her first car was a Morris Minor, I think. The, um, <laughs> the party. The, the party didn't allow a car. Oh, thing, <laughs> they weren't in the Communist Party then. <laughs> we were, uh, they were ALP members then, yeah. before they defected to the Greens. Anyway, we'll do a political version of this show one day. Let's move on. Yes, uh, Friday yes, night. Yeah, fr- Friday yeah. night. Friday night was a pretty ordinary game, let's be honest. Uh, we can wrap it up pretty quickly. The dogs sort of got a bit of form and confidence back, and the Blues, you know, sort of hung in there and weren't blown away, but... There was never going to be any other result, really, was there? Did you think the? Oh no, I, oh. I suspect you don't think the Blues were a chance. No, they were. The they weren't. The Bulldogs. Look, they're not the Bulldogs up on the Premiership, but they were energetic. And Lipinski, three times, <laughs> I turned around and said, "Who kicked that?" <laughs> it was Lipinski. Is he a character in Catch Twenty Two or something? <laughs> Game of Pile or? Um, but he was okay. Yeah. Was well, they're starting to get... I like um, Tim English. And Bontempelli played his best game for a while. Well, yeah, and I think not just Bontempelli, but McRae, I think, has been pretty solid for him. Yeah. Hunter was pretty good. McLean, pretty good. Suckling um, was reasonable, I think, off halfback. Mm. So they're starting to get those contributions uh, more evenly spread again, aren't they, rather than just relying on the Bont. Yeah, and some people look at Carlton and say, no Cruiser, no Murphy, no Doherty. And I say... Absolutely, Miss Doherty, a fine footballer. Yeah. Murphy and Cruiser have not been able to lift them out of the bottom two. I don't see why them playing makes much of a difference in the dynamic. What about Paddy Cripps? Word on him, because he was fantastic. He, he was the best player on the ground, I thought. He is heading into Robbie Flower territory. He's well, a great player on a crap side. <laughs> <laughs> well, pity there's not safe footy around anymore. He could be dominating. And it is a Victoria. pity. It is a pity, because yeah. exactly for the Patrick Cripps in this world that yeah. you'd love to see play with other champions for but, WA. But, you know, he's West Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But oh, you, forget how, you forget how young he is too. Yeah, you know? he's a like ripper. He's, yeah, yeah, he's a ripper. All right, uh, let's move on to Eddie Had Stadium Saturday afternoon. And uh, after a couple of pretty shoddy weeks, Port uh, did pretty well in this game, I think. Really, it was a really good game. Seize the initiative early. Um, North were always going to sort of throw the kitchen sink at him, But I thought the power resisted it pretty well. We got some glimpses of what I like about the power, their versatility, the spread of goal kickers, um, the mobility of even their big men, you know, Westhoff, Dixon. Um, I thought it was a pretty even performance by them and, and one which sort of put them back on track. Well, they've got two champs in the team. The problem, one of them ended the game barely able to walk down the race. Wingard. Wingard. Yeah. It was weird. He sort of went off feeling for something. You couldn't even tell well, it was Sammy. Like, it looked like cramp, didn't it? Yeah, because he away. played on. He, he, it happened, and then he played, had a shot at goal. Yeah. And then he went off, and he was sort of jogging up and down the sidelines, and then he put ice on it, and then he couldn't walk by the end of the game. So I don't know whether it was a precautionary limp or mm. a very bad limp. But I'll say this, that Robbie Gray's a star, Hartlett's a loss for them. You know, they've. Yeah, yeah. And Riders a loss. 
Well, Ryder will be back, I think. Yeah, yeah, of course, he will be there. Not next week. North threw, threw everything at them. Interesting observations were Brown got thrashed and he kicked some goals late. Yeah, he kicked too late. Yeah, but he was um, just absolutely pantsed by Jonas. Mm, it's a good player. And Magic Dorr, he was the most influential player on the ground, tackling, marking. He was mighty, actually, and gave North a bit of a sniff. Yeah. Yeah, he's found his niche. I think we really can definitely good. say he's found his niche. Really good. So, I mean, look, they, they lost comfortably, but um, North are definitely ahead of where most people thought they'd be, I reckon. Do you know they missed Higgins? Just a bit of silk in the middle. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. The Twilight Saturday game, GWS, as expected, uh, accounting for Brisbane. Probably... Um, yeah, it was a bit of a slog fest, wasn't it? Oh, uh, I'm waiting for it. I'm one waiting, by 34 points. I'm waiting for my certificate of commendation from the AFL as well as a few it. people who watched it in full live. Yeah. And enjoyed it. Didn't have a, well, I was going to say, it didn't have a lot to recommend. It it. Did. What did you enjoy? No, it about? did. It had a really interesting play called Oscar McInerney, <laughs> whose journey into football has been long. Yeah. He's playing for Brisbane, um, tall, and ended up sort of shin splints. Couldn't walk, but took some nice marks and did well. And then from the GWS perspective, a small crowd. I wonder what they claim the crowd was. Uh, 10,046. Not true. Oh, always just got to five figures. Oh, that's got, that has got hairs all over us. 10,046, they say. That's what they say. No, it's not true. All right, so where are we? Where are the no, Giants? Wait, because they had a really Brisbane? interesting player who brought 200 people to the ground. Who was that? Their first product out of the academy. Yeah. The first kid from the west of Sydney to play for GWS. So a bit of a watershed moment. A kid called Shipley. Yeah. Now, he'd only ever played footy for three years. He was a soccer player. And he looked like a really talented footballer who didn't quite get football, but did a lot of good things. Uh, Brisbane, very quickly. Uh, Brisbane keep whacking away. They've got no forward line. I'm going to be a broken record, but Hipwood needs to touch the ball more than five times a game. I've been saying it for two and a half years. Stop moving our props. Oh, that's okay. Um, <laughs> Well, that's, you know, look, you see that, Sharon? Yeah. Hipwood? Maybe yeah. he should be here because he won't go near touching it. <laughs> he is your it. whipping boy, Well, Eric he doesn't Hipwood. get the ball yeah, enough. Yeah, but he, but he kicked good. a great goal. He looks good. He kicked a buddy-like goal. Yeah. Yeah, great. Well, good highlight. And as for GWS, DeBoer was brilliant. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's a really important player for them. Now, I don't reckon anyone would have been predicting that 12 months ago. Speaking of DeBoer, let's move to Hawthorne St Kilda. Well, you know what? You know, there, <laughs> well, you know there are some games you look at and you think, I reckon this will be a yawn. I just had a feeling this would be. DeBoer. But as much about the um, being played on a Saturday night in Launceston. Hey, I didn't mind the... I like night football in Tasmania because you know what? It was a perfect night. Else to do. No, no, it was a perfect night. There was no wind, but you knew it was cold. Yeah, so hence dewy and crazy. So of course, St Kilda players, any excuse to be just oh, it's too, it's not, it's yucky for them. It's like Seaford, and it's like it's it's like winning games. It's it's all just a bit too hard for them. Not, it's not impossible, but it's just a bit too hard for them. I got to ask, what was your reaction well, when, memory, when Tim Membry missed from the goals were? This was where Josh Bruce last... It was last worse than Josh Bruce, I reckon. <laughs> because when Josh Bruce did it, St Kilda was 70 points up, so yeah. it didn't matter that much. My immediate reaction was, oh, Jason Dunstall's never going to shut up about this because <laughs> he tried to dribble it. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I, I, I think Membry did it out of respect for Josh. But you know what? Like I've got to say this. St Kilda's effort in the last two weeks has been much improved, but you... 
it, it must be frustrating for people that try to overcomplicate footy. But if you can't convert chances, you're not going to win games. And they were, you so know, you what, were 18th in the competition yeah. for accuracy. And you know what? Uh, they're also 18th for yeah, goals per inside 50. They're 18th you know, for making you, their fans happy. Well, you know what the percentage is? <laughs> 17%. Yeah. And then they come out and kick, what was it? 7-12. So, mm. you know, they worked really hard to get back into that game, miss. And there was about three times in a row, I think they kicked two points in a row. Hawthorne take out the other end, Bruce goals or Smith oh, well, the, goals. This was, or... The, this was the thing. At the end of the third quarter, Sinclair has a shot at goal to put St Kilda level. Yeah. He misses. The ball goes down the other end and Hawthorne kick a, you know, kick a, a, a competent, a really nice goal. Yeah. Well-constructed goal. Yeah. And if you could say that you saw the collective air go out of St Kilda's balloons, then you would be accurate. You can almost hear the <laughs> Um All right, let's move on. Adelaide and Gold Coast. And this was a fairly, uh, what would you say, Formula Lake sort of win for the Crows. Did what they had to do. Gold Coast. No, they didn't really hang around with them, did they? Adelaide was Poor old Gold Coast, seven, seven goals up by half time. Poor old Gold Coast. So wouldn't they love to have just had some games at home to... Yeah, get oh, into the season. Massively tough ass. Ten, ten two games weeks in on the Perth, road. A yeah. game in Adelaide. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible. Well, the upside is it gets easier for them, but the thing is, how much air will have gone out of their balloons yep. by the time they get to play at home? So, you know, Adelaide did what they had to do. I thought they were reasonably businesslike and efficient about it. Uh, issues with Tex Walker, of course. So that might uh, that might be a problem. But you know, um, Wayne Miller, pretty impressive for them. Yeah, that says a bit about to how. Um the game was played maybe at arm's length. Oh, that's a backhander. Not a backhander. It's how Wayne Miller is a talented footballer who yeah. gets caught in the crushes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, okay. So that's enough on that one? Yeah, except except that Swallow, David Swallow, is having a very good season. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. Um, all right, final game in the round. And look, apologies to West Coast and... Frio fans about this because uh, it was a cracker of a game, but there it was hard to sort of rank them in order of importance. Anyway, a, a great WA derby, one of the better ones in recent years, I think, ended up with an eight-point win to West Coast. And um, the Dockers were coming hard all day, really. Uh, they, in fact, led early, but West Coast sort of seized an issue before half-time and just held them, held them at bay, I think, in a pretty tough second half. But, uh, you know, both these teams are surprises a bit this year, haven't they? And I don't think Frio emerge any with any less credibility, perhaps a bit more for taking it right up to the Eagles. So people are asking, how West Coast been able to find something that clearly wasn't there last year? And you can look at the, some young players that have come into the team and, mm. and injected a bit of enthusiasm, but it really has been the resurrection of players that look shot. i got one for you. Uh, Jack Redden. A great example. Mm. I mean, it was a cast-off from... Not cast-off from Brisbane, but Brisbane weren't desperate to keep him. Yeah. And he was absolutely the 22nd man pick every time he played last year. Yeah. Sheed... Oh, he's a good player. I rate him. ...has become a, a, a leading midfielder, maybe with the absence of Prittis. Yeah. Darling, gee, he had his critics... Had his critics, but yeah. going well. Lacroix looked almost done yeah. and dusted. Which is this all what you're saying, which is spot on. This is what happened with him in 2015. Yeah, like a dozen blokes having career best seasons or, or renaissances. Can you have a plural of yeah, renaissance? Renaissance. Renaissance. Uh, 
And I put it down to something. What do you put it down to? I'm almost going to put it down to Nat and Nui. Yeah. Not that he has been the superpower that he can be. Yeah. But there's a rallying point for them. Mm. Quick word on Freo, because I, you know, if I mark really West Coast good. down, I had Freo down the, you know, where of the really ladder. Good. They that, can turn the tap on now and score. Well, exactly. And is it like, has Ross finally said, you know what, my brand doesn't work. I'm no, going to loosen no, up he, a bit. He's... He's been a coach for his times. He's at these times, under under Ross Lyons, St Kilda had plenty of high scoring games and seasons. They had one high scoring season. Yeah, I'm saying that. Oh nine. And that that was how he chose to play it. But that was off the back of a stingy defence. I think they're doing it a bit differently now. The great news for Fremantle is that there are new players there that are really sustainable. I yeah. like Sarah. Uh, yeah, he looks good. Brayshaw. Yeah, Ryan. And a few that have been there a while. Like Blakely's pretty good for him. Yeah, I'm not sure about his kicking. You know, Lockie Neal and Blakely, for them to be a great team, they'll be superseded. Maybe not. Look, I, I shouldn't say superseded, but they will not be getting 70 touches between them. No. There'll be other uses for them. But well done. And what a great way to christen the new stadium with, yeah. with two up-and-about WA teams playing a really good derby, 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 derby. Yeah, uh, derby here, derby there, I think, yeah. uh, is how it goes. It, apparently it changes just past um, Seduna in South Australia. <laughs> um, you can yeah. see it changed. Derby. All, right. All right, we're going to move on because we're talking dribble. Uh, that's wraparound for this week. Let's keep it going. Right out, Finey, you know how this segment works. Hot or not, three likes or dislikes from the round. I'm going to kick us off with a hot, and his name is Isaac Smith. Uh, now, I think, officially a veteran for the Hawks. What a fantastic player he's been for them. He's quick, gets plenty of the ball, thumps the ball with that booming left foot, and uh, in that game in Launceston on Saturday night, his ball use, just his capacity to kick a goal at the big moments... Uh, was the difference. The one thing I think the Hawks have been trying to get out of him a bit more over the years has been goal scoring, and he has responded to that challenge. He kicked uh, four against the Saints. That gives him 10 out of six games. So he's doubled his goal average. I did. I checked the numbers earlier. He, he was averaging about uh, 0.8 goals per game. This year, 1.6, more than 1.6. So that's the final piece in the Isaac Smith Jigsaw puzzle. He is a fantastic player for them. Yeah. This time last year, he was struggling a bit. Yeah. And he pulled it together towards the end of the season. Look, once Bradley Hill left, and then, of course, Rioli's injured, Puopolo Burgoyne just coming back, their ability to break the lines and kick goals becomes limited. He was fantastic. And your hot will lead on to my first not. What is it? Alan Richardson. Surely, surely... He knew that the avenues to goal were limited for the Hawks. I mean, Bruce, Gunston, and Smith. And it seemed as though Smith, of all of them, had the least work put into him because I would have thought that that's where you started your homework. And he was careering around Launceston on Saturday night, able to, you know, not only impact on the scoreboard, but thump the ball forward, rarely seemed to have anybody close to him. I would have thought maybe Blake Akers would be a good run with somebody 
there was little homework put into Bruce. He had five shots of goals in the first quarter, should have ended the game. And I felt that St Kilda, again, Endeavour was commendable, but this time the forward planning and the pre-planning, terrible. And I have to put that down to the coach. What sort of pressure is he under, just quickly? I mean, he's contracted up to the end of 2020, yep. but if they continue to get smashed, what uh, is it, are we going to see the natives getting a bit restless, do you think? Yes, I think so. Yeah. There's only so much bonhomie, goodwill, that you can give to a coach, and I think he and Brendan Bolton will understand for different reasons. From St Kilda's perspective, because they were better two years ago than they are now with a to a list that should have been developing into now. Yeah. And Carlton, because of the number one draft picks that have come their way, both groups of supporters will run out of patience, I think. And, yeah, Richardson will face some scrutiny. Strong words. Okay, I'm going with a knot now as well to follow your knot. And uh, I don't enjoy doing this, but my knot is Dyson Heppel. He is struggling. He is struggling as a footballer. And he's struggling as a captain, I'm afraid. And um, again, against the Demons. Look, he's never been quick, but his uh, ball-winning ability and his use has been good um, off half-back or, or whether on a wing or in the centre square. But I just see him starting to go backwards. Like, he looks slower than ever. Um, he's not getting as much of the ball. I think 18 disposals today. But... Most importantly, I'm not seeing him marshalling the troops. And Melbourne were always going to make a play against Essendon coming out after half time. They kicked uh, one straight away. They kicked three in the first six or seven. They kicked four goals in 10 minutes. I didn't see any marshalling of the troops out there on the field to stem the flow. I think he's a, you know, he's an easygoing sort of bloke, um, but I, I'm not sure that he has that strength of character to really rein other guys in and, and read them the right act in terms of their defensive work, particularly with that midfield group. And they paid the price for it today, so he's struggling. A couple of things. Uh, last year, Essendon were blown away by Melbourne <coughs> in the third quarter. It was a very similar game. Correct. So yeah. you would have thought that the leaders on field would have said, hang on, no way, line in sand, we are not putting up with this. Yep. And I know this is sounds a little bit superficial and uh, people will go, you've got to be joking, but I was always told when I played cricket or golf, if you can't be a good cricketer or a golfer, at least look like one. And I don't think Travis Johnson's career particularly went on an upward curve when he looked like a homeless man in a football jumper. And I just don't think it's becoming to have the scraggly beard running around as the captain and leading midfielder. Go back to the streamlined look. The final word on Dyson is that he is a cracking bloke. He does he wonderful work with Recklink, and he did that long before anybody even knew he was a footballer of note because he did it from day one, and he'll do it after he finishes playing football. I wish him all the best in becoming the champion that we think he can be. All right, your turn. A hot. Yeah. Now, today we celebrate something that's very rare in Australian rules football, and that's the fourth generation of a family playing league football. Mm. Charlie Spargo made his uh, debut today. It was very good. And he did so with some panache. In mm. fact, he's a couple of electric goals got Melbourne sort of out of the black and out of the red and into the black. Pardon the colour pun. But Bob Spargo played with the Bulldogs back in the uh, 40s and 50s. Ricky Spargo played with the Bulldogs in the 70s. I remember Ricky Spargo. Paul Spargo played with North Melbourne and the Bears. Paul made his debut in a final. Might be the last player to have done so. 
1985 against Footscray. In the first semi, that That's would have right. been, yeah. Yeah, North lost the game, but yeah. that was his first game. And now Charlie Spargo is a fourth generation, all with the same surname. And Charlie's Paul's son, correct? Yep. Yeah. So that's uh, a rare moment, and he's was undersized. They thought during the draft might have held him back, but he was pretty excited. No, he today. looked good. He looked really yeah. hippy. I heard David Parkin actually talking about having six goals kicked on him by must have been Bob Spargo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I know, but yeah, maybe Bob. Yeah, yeah yep. turning the uh, turning the clock back there, but yeah, no, a likely prospect for the Demons. No, yep. good call. All right, uh, my last one's a hot, and it's a reversal of last week's not. Now, you may recall, or you may not recall, last week I gave a not to Josh Kennedy, a very rare not. Well, talk about answering, uh, answering that in style. He was absolutely fantastic in the last quarter for the Swans. Yeah. Um, ended up with 33 disposals, which is more than he'd had for the last two games combined. But the last quarter particularly, at 13, he had five, I think, centre clearances. Oh, the clearances were key. And uh, he just, again, that is a sign of a truly great player and a leader as well. He said, we need, uh, we need a super effort here. I'm going to deliver it. And he delivered it. He won them the game. And I love seeing when guys respond like that. He is such a good player. And I, I still think he's undersold a bit. And he proved what a champion he is by just answering a couple of weeks of poor form with a great game that won the Swans their third straight win of victory down Geelong. Uh, it reminds me of a story, I think, uh, back in the times of English football when Wolves were in the top division. They had a player called Andy Gray and they came up against oh, yeah. another team that had an Andy Gray. And when their Andy Gray <clears> came <throat> on, the entire crowd started singing, there's only one Andy Gray. Well... Thank goodness there's not only one Josh Kennedy because they're two of the <laughs> they're two of the very best players in the competition. They are. And let's not forget that soccer's Josh Kennedy got us into a World Cup Correct. final with a header. Correct. It's so, a good name. Yeah, Josh it's, Josh good. Ken- it's like Paul Kelly. There's been a few handy Paul Kellys yeah. over here. And years, Tom Lynch, of course. We, <laughs> they came head to head on the weekend. Is there another Mark Fine? Thank God, no. I'm pretty sure. Not, I'm not, sure there is somewhere. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's not another one of me. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll finish with a hot. Bring us home. And it's uh, a captain of a losing team on the weekend. Dane Beams is probably not right oh, physically. I love him. He was, and if you have a look at his game, I watched that game before, it was an interesting game, and maybe his last quarter and a half were not brilliant. Why? Because the game was sort of, it had spun away from Brisbane and their best efforts. But to keep them in the game, he was mighty. Now, I wish there was a combination goal, mark and goal of the year. It's something that's never really been done, is there? Mm. A great mark. Ah. Oh, no, no. No, I'm saying you can win mark right. of the year, goal of the year, yeah, but no, an actual awesome. award for the best mark <clears throat> then converted into yep. a goal. Yeah. He took one of the bravest marks you've ever seen. It was low. It was certainly a mark. The, one of the commentators said, well, it wasn't a mark, but I'm glad they paid it. Yeah. Uh, it might have been Brenton Speed, but um, he was off, off pace that time because he did mark it. Yeah. He did it in the face of oncoming danger. And even though I don't think his body's right, he willed himself to go back from... 55 metres out and kick a goal on a night when goals weren't coming all that easily for the, li- for the, be- for the Lions. I he's, say. he's a ripper, Booms. He, I, I, he will be, I reckon, in time, one of the best captains um, of the AFL. Just a, a quick aside to that, uh, was it Finlayson who he took the mark in front of and Finlayson clipped him? Yeah. Do you see Finlayson go down, put his hand down? Yeah, and I just... don't think he did clip him. I think he sort of, what happened was Dane Beams hit his head 
hard onto the turf. Well, the point the point I was going to yeah, make was Finlay- Finlayson checked on his. He really did, and didn't I he? thought that was great. Yeah, he I thought did. I thought that was really good, right in the middle of a game. He really did. Yeah. So hats off to you, young Finlayson. And let me tell you, that boy Finlayson can kick the ball probably further than anybody in the comp. There's our hot on lights. Time to move on, Finey. You know what's coming up next. The Russian segment, Rantov. Uh, yeah, very good, very good. <laughs> We're going to work ourselves into a lather. You get ready for it. Rightio, I've worked myself up into a lather. How are you? I can't say I'm lathered, but I'm looking forward to it. Actually, I do that analogy a bit, don't I? Yeah, very, so so, very soapy. Well, it's a legacy of the Cousins Imperial Lather ad, which everyone our vintage remembers. You know, of course, the magic words. Simon, Tahiti. It was Imperial Leather, wasn't it? You're not weather. No. Why would it be weather? Soap's not made of weather. No, but um, this segment's not made of soap analysis. Roger, Wilco. And out. All right, now uh, count me in. I'm not angry enough, but I'll get there. So- soapy Connolly. Okay. Three, two, one. I'm pissed off about the grand final scheduling, Finey, and the AFL playing us for a bunch of saps. So the overwhelming majority of punters who want a 2.30 game are supposed to be grateful they've deigned to allow us the privilege again this year. But now we're doomed to play an annual will-I-change-it-this-season game for our little victory. Their battering is into submission. Here's how it works. Gil McLaughlin spends the next year following up every statement about the game with his now traditional, by the way, a night grand final is inevitable, and eventually we cave in just so he'll change the bloody broken record. We know all the arguments as to why the granny should remain a day game. It's already a guaranteed full house. It's already one of the highest rating sport broadcasts of the year. We know the players don't want it because without due, the conditions will be better for the most important game of the year. We also know the broadcasters don't give a toss what any of us think and that the AFL really doesn't either, as long as we believe they might just occasionally give us a second thought. You know, in the same way you might have the odd flashback about that shocking date you went on when you were 18. That's what's going on here. The day grand final is going to get dumped like the faithful girl next door types in those teen movies, while the cheerleader night version with a little too much makeup and possibly surgically enhanced chest beckons suggestively. But we're the girl next door too, Gil. We've seen the way you look at her. We've noticed you've been avoiding our questions about the prom. We know what's coming. But we'll tell you this. When you do piss off to the prom with that skanky hoe, she gets too pissed and vomits in your convertible. Don't say we didn't tell you so. As you'd like to put it, it's inevitable. So I, I just want to get this clear. Yeah. Am I the skanky hoe? No. Well, you all want a day grand final. Oh, no, you what? You are the skanky hoe. I don't want to... Look at you, you cheap and nasty top. I don't... Spandex top. I don't... Cheap perfume. Well, who are you, the girl with glasses that in the last scene takes off the glasses, flicks the hair back? Correct. And but, you're actually beautiful? But that's, no, that's not what's, that's the whole point. That's not going to happen now. He's going to go off with a skanky hoe who'll get pissed and vomit in his convertible. Forget the analogies. Are you actually... And I'm not going to wish him well, like in uh, most of those TV movies. They're going to sit there and go, ha, 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 karma. But are you actually the pretty girl who's... <laughs> no, I, look... I don't want the night grand final or a twilight grand final to tamper with important things like length of half time or, you know, just important Which elements. Which it will. Of, if it does, then it can't be. Well, it, it will. Be. It will and it will be. And then you'll, you'll be me. You'll be the pretty girl with the glasses. 
It's all and about, the intellect. It's all about the fireworks, isn't it? Oh, I don't know what it's about. It's about getting some crappy body international act like Coldplay. Yeah, it's the third week in a row I've got the Coldplay analogy happening. All right, enough. Fire up. Three, two, one. Rant. I'm not stupid, Bruce. I'll turn off the football when I want to turn off the football. Not when you tell me it's safe to do so. What am I talking about? The transparent, the obvious, the now ingratiating commentary for the broadcaster that seems to demand that commentators pretend that a game is still alive when it's well and truly done and dusted. Take Friday night, Bulldogs versus Carlton. Carlton facing six losses in a row with uh, the firepower of the Vanuatu army. They're trailing by four and a half goals with time on ticking over in the last quarter. And then Bruce gets all guttural. If Kerno kicks this, it's alive. This is a huge goal in the context of the game. No, it's not, mate. The game's over. Their season was over a week ago. It's a huge goal in the context of you trying to pretend that the game's still alive. And of course, Bruce, you're not an island when it comes to this. It seems as though radio broadcasters, less so, but still a bit, and certainly television commentators, are desperate to make us believe the game's alive. What idiots are they catering to? And is it all for advertising dollars? Because what advertisers want to advertise their product to idiots who believe a game is still alive when there's 87 points the difference 15 minutes into the last quarter? What products are they peddling? The bottom line is, I turn off when I want to turn off. Not when you say it's safe to do so. I, I agree. I agree. I, I think um, BT's joined Bruce in the oh. talking the game up stakes. They BT wants it. to have a bet with Wingy every week now. When they someone when someone's ten goals down, they kick two in a row. Wingy, are you on? Are you on? Just quickly on Bruce. When did Bruce add the uh, rhetorical A at the end of it? He didn't. Yeah. If, he, if you mm. listen to the first twenty years of his commentary, he never did that. When did that happen? That's not something you sort of. Maybe, Don't you find that a bit sus? Maybe weird when he went to Canada, eh? <laughs> something really weird about it. I will say this. Hurry up. He was very fizzy on Friday night. Very excited. Yeah. Well, he'd been, he hadn't called for a few weeks. Had he found the Cameroonians, did he? Oh, no, 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 no. No, he didn't? No, I mean, no, we're not going, pursuing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, it was a good rant. I liked it. Thank I liked it. Thank All you right. very much. Uh, I hope you liked it as well. Uh, that's it for this week. Thanks for your company. Uh, of course, make sure you remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, if you're not already, you will after hearing this, or we'll send the boys around, won't we? Uh, thanks to MySport Live again for the use of their facilities. Thanks to Nell and Andrew for the sterling work that they do bringing this to you every week. Um, that's about it. Any final thoughts? Well, I've got a, breaking, a bit of breaking news and what exclusive. Is it? Yeah. If Sydney... Uh, are good enough to win a home final this year. Mm. They want to play it at Cardinia Park. <laughs> yes, very understandable. They play that ground very, very well. All right, uh, we're off. See you next week. <laughs>